Hey guys, the next time you're hanging out with a group of friends and one of your buddies wants to order a pizza, maybe you're watching the Nuggets game, maybe you're watching Thursday games on TNT, maybe you're getting ready to go out, whatever. They're trying to order a blackjack pizza, maybe something from Pizza Hut or Papa John's. You've got to step in. We all know that cheap chain pizza is crap. Sometimes it actually tastes like frozen pizza. A lot of times, actually. It might be a couple dollars cheaper than a true Colorado Mountain Pie like Bojo's, but we all know it's not worth it. Order from Bojo's, guys. They have six Colorado locations, and DoorDash delivers their pizzas right to you. An apartment, a house, a building, wherever you are. If you want to go into a Bojo's, even better, you can hit up their salad bar. And if you mention DNVR, you get a free honey cheese bread with a purchase of an Andre. Check out Bojo's. Welcome into a brand new edition of the DNVR Nuggets podcast. It's a Friday edition of the show. Harrison Wind here, along with D-Line Co. Eric That's Adam. right. What's That's up, right. man? Welcome, What's up? welcome to me. <laughs> First time me and you are hooking up for a duo pod. I'm excited. I know. This is like, uh, I'm a little nervous. Like, what? Who knows where our uh, conversation will go? This is uncharted territory. <laughs> I know. Well, Adam is in freaking Mexico. Which is apparently the default destination for a lot of NBA players during All-Star Weekend. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's like it's like two hours away, and it's like a completely different world. Like, When was the last time you went to Mexico? Uh, three years ago, four years ago, maybe. Right, but like, think about like two hours. You could like, in two hours, you could fly to like, um, I don't know. Idaho or something, yeah. Or you can fly to Mexico, and it's like, uh, I mean, I would do the same thing. Yeah, Idaho or Mexico. So, <laughs> Adam, along with a lot of NBA players, are in Mexico this weekend <laughs> and next do think, week. Do, do you think they're together? They're hanging out? Or, I don't know. I, I mean, if Adam's really rolling in it, they could be staying at the same resort. I don't know. <laughs> I think that's probably pretty likely. I, I would expect to see a lot of uh, selfies of Adam and like uh, Meta World Peace, even though he's not in the league. But, you know, just uh, th- those types of guys. Yeah, he's not in the league, but he's definitely in Mexico. This <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you don't have to be in the league to go to Mexico. <laughs> if you're just affiliated with the NBA, you're either two places in Chicago where it's negative 15 degrees today. Yeah, or, yeah. Or, or, uh, Mexico. or Mexico. No, yeah, yeah. Or, or if it's the off season, you're yeah. here in Los Angeles where you live. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. You're in L.A. during the summer. Uh, yeah. And Brendan said he's going on some romantic getaway with his girlfriend. So you were that... my you were my last resort. Unfortunately. Oh, that's fantastic. That feels great. Um, <laughs> do you think that that uh, that Brendan's with Adam? Is that what is that what he was saying? <laughs> oh, conspiracy, <laughs> conspiracy, Eric. <laughs> They cut us right out. Listen, I don't care. I, I'm happy being the scab, the odd, the end. I'll bring it. I don't care. Like I, uh, I'm talking about, thinking about, uh, and tweeting about the Nuggets all the time anyway. So it might as well be captured for all to hear. <laughs> well, this was a great day to have you on because I want to talk about the Lakers game. 
And I want to get the Lakers game and, and how you saw that from the fan perspective, because that's just kind of a fascinating dynamic to me. Um, so oh, this is perfect God. timing. Yeah. So, so what was last night like? So it was weird because it was really snowy for like just the first part of the game, just like just when people were starting to arrive. And I, um, so I showed up like an hour early, which I don't usually show up that early, but cause it started at eight and I was just like ready for a seven o'clock game. Um, I was just in that mode. So I just decided to go early anyway. Like, there was just like a huge line of traffic, like waiting to get in, like way too early for the huge line of traffic to be queuing up like that. So just like arriving at the place, like I, I had to park on, um, like I don't typically drive. I typically um, drive my personal electric scooter. Right, <laughs> which, right. Um, but, it, but it was too snowy, unfortunately, to take. So my principles were out the door and I drove my uh, my gas guzzling car. And um, I always park across the street at uh, Metro. Uh-huh. But like an hour before, like I had to park like almost at the top level. Like people were just like there. So all that really long preamble to say, like it just you just felt the energy, like just approaching the building. It felt like a playoff game. If it, like I've heard that said, but it really did, or it at least felt like some game of importance, which is you know rare for uh, a Wednesday night uh, in the middle of the uh, snow. No, I, I felt that too because I get to the game around two hours early because Mike Malone does his uh, pregame press conference for a seven o'clock game, usually at five fifteen. So for an eight o'clock game at six fifteen. So I roll up to the game at like six and usually there's really like no cars out front. It's before everybody's gotten there and there's like a line of cars at, you know, Chopper Circle and oh Speared. Oh, my God. And I'm like, what's going on here? It's two hours before the game starts. Nobody's ever here. And then right. I'm going into uh, I'm going into the arena. The media entrance is kind of like back behind where the loading docks are. And I'm getting held up at the media entrance by security because <laughs> the Lakers' wives and girlfriends are going through the metal detectors. Wow. Wow. That is, that is amazing. <laughs> I bet that took a long time too. Yeah, probably I was, a standing, lot of I was there, there to for take probably off. like 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. While, the, while what I was told are the Lakers wives and girlfriends getting off the team bus and through the metal detector. This were has you, never happened. You... N- not in a playoff game, <laughs> first or second round or any regular season game before. Yeah, why are the why are the wives and girlfriends like coming to this Denver game? Like the what the game right before the All Star break? Don't you think that they would like te- be like, hey, you know, go ahead, Anthony Davis, um, I'll catch you in Chicago, but you can go ahead and go to Denver. Yeah, like, or if you're there? Alex Caruso's girlfriend, I'll meet you in Mexico. <laughs> you know what's gross is that Alex Caruso definitely has a girlfriend, and she's definitely way too attractive for Alex Caruso. Yeah. This is, that's just a, a, a bad thought. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, but yeah, in, in terms of like the amount of people there. So I, so our media seats get moved to the other side of the arena, which they sometimes <laughs> yeah. do for big games. Cause they put ESPN radio in our typical media seats around 144. PJ Carlissimo was actually sitting yes. in my seat. <laughs> well, as reported by Fruity Nuggets, they said it was in Adam's seat. So I don't know. Oh, yeah. Well, if we're getting into technicalities, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, know who else is. Yeah, who else is on the uh, ESPN radio docket? Like, who could have possibly been in your seat? 
Mark Kestisher? I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure who the play-by-play guy was. Um, yeah, we'll have to check in yeah. with Fruity Nuggets. <laughs> well, well, anyway, so we got moved over to the other side of the arena, and it took me a while to get over to the perch for halftime. took me like uh, 10 minutes to walk listen, man. a quarter of the way around the arena because the concourse was just absolutely packed body to body. Uh, uh, yeah, no, listen, now you know my pain. Like, I always leave for the perch, like, f- with, like, four or five minutes left in the half. And then yeah. I just, like, catch those four or five minutes, like, b- going between TV to TV. You know, I just, like, I'll rubberneck long enough, and then I'll snap my head forward to the next TV down the way to try and piece together the action. Right. And the worst part is that, like, every play is, like, just, you know, a second behind, so... You watch the guy shoot, and you can either hear if he made it or not. Like, the crowd either cheers or you get no reaction. So you know. <laughs> so it ruins the suspense. But, yeah, it was it was bumping. So um, I went – I actually went to the game with our own Ali Monroy. She took me up on my uh, extra ticket. and um, But I arrived there, got situated, just kind of felt like – you know, like the vibe. People were hitting me up about the perch already before the game had even started. Oh, man. And, um, yeah, yeah. Um, Omar, who, who's a perch uh, regular, was in my DMs telling me about, like, he's like, oh, man, watch. Look, the, the Nuggets can't hit the broadside of a barn and the Lakers can't miss a shot in warm-ups. And I was like, <laughs> I, I'm like, all right, come on, man. I'm like, you know who was like the greatest warm-up player of all time was J.R. Smith. Like, the war- you know what I mean? Like, J.R. Smith's warm-up routine was like exhilarating. where He would just like step back and step back and step back. And then he would just like can all of these threes from half court before, before it was en vogue. Yeah, but so Jam- I was Jamal like, Murray right. is that way now where he can just absolutely never miss in warm-ups ever. Ever, right. Like, you know, we should do a, a, a category of, you know, who are the best warm-up players? Who has the, the best warm-up game of all time? It might be Steph Curry. He might be the yeah. best warm-up player. Well, there was that one point when ESPN was actually tracking his warm-up shots and putting together <laughs> a shot chart. So, man, ESPN is just absolutely the worst thing that ever happened to sports, is it not? <laughs> <laughs> That stuff, the stuff that they focus on, like, makes me so crazy that I question my own sanity. Like, am I, like, am I, do I not get this or did they not get this? Like, which one of us is off here? No, it's them, not you. It's <laughs> okay, them, good. Not you. Okay, good. That feels good to know. That feels good to know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so then, um, Jokic, it starts off, Jokic gets, um, honored for, Going into the going to the All Star game again, right, so that was right. like like a cool moment. Like it just sort of set the stage to have something ceremonial take place before all of the other pomp and circumstance that happens every night. And then there was like a really good version of the uh, of the. I'm going to take you play by play, minute by minute. My, <laughs> I love it. You know, but the uh, the <laughs> the anthem. There was like a, a saxophone player and he killed it. it was, yeah, it was like Harold Miner, who is oh. the guy that gets a lot of um a lot of playoff game national anthems. He's a big game anthem guy. <laughs> That's how it. I would describe okay. him. He's a big game anthem guy. Yeah. Yeah, so they pulled out all the stops. They gave us the big game anthem guy just to make sure that the, <laughs> the pregame was on point. So I was like ready. Um you know, and then the Lakers were announced. I booed lustily as I'm on, as I'm known to do. And then um I don't know, as we were underway uh, like the first thing, the first thing that I was looking for was just sort of like how the Nuggets would look against just the sheer physical size of the Lakers. Mm-hmm. And it, when it started off, I was like, "Oh man, they still look pretty small against them." If I'm being honest with myself, uh, but 
I don't know. They were just like really like the the way that the the game started off. It was like the Nuggets are like not scared at all. They're like not scared at all. They're not like coasting into the All Star break. They're like looking to like punch these fools in the mouth and like make them take them for uh, seriously. Um, so that was amazing to see. Like the Nuggets jumped out to a lead. I mean, maybe the Lakers jumped out and then the Nuggets caught them and then then. I mean, it was just sort of like seesawing back and forth for a while, but like the the intensity was on point. Like they matched the level of the crowd, which was like so awesome to see. No, totally. And the Nuggets had that big run in the first quarter and the crowd was on point. I felt like 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 you were saying from the national anthem to the starting lineups to just the energy in the first quarter was crazy. And I have to think some of that was uh, obviously because there's always a good crowd for Lakers Nuggets games. And I'm going to ask you about the Lakers fans in a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I felt like the crowd fed off both teams really taking this game seriously. And that was like a big question I had coming into this one. Were the Lakers going to take it seriously? Were the Nuggets going to take it seriously? Were any of these teams going to be looking ahead to the all-star break? But I really got the impression that both teams wanted it. And based on, you know, just how the game went through four quarters and overtime and some of the stuff that was said after the game, I felt like both teams really definitely wanted this one bad. And the crowd oh, kind of fed off that, I felt like. Oh, my God. I, I think the crowd sort of like willed that into existence, too. Like the like just yeah. what we were talking about. They're just people arriving early. They're, they're showing up like they're you know, they're paying like exorbitant aftermarket prices for these tickets and um you know they didn't disappoint it was awesome it was like such a good game oh my god what was what, what were the laker fans like i mean I, I was saying it was maybe 60 40 nuggets fans 55 45 be, nuggets fans i think it's like was tipped further in the favor of the nuggets fans honestly okay. like i would say 70 30 like i was i mean i'm a I, i'm a vet here i've got like some real ptsd from uh going to some of these games where you're just like literally you are you're just powerless against the laker horde and you can't drown them out and you know like if they get going on something it's like they get a let's go laker chant and you just have to sit in it and listen to them <laughs> but like that started a little bit but like the nuggets fans like drowned them out for the most part like I, I, and there was um when things were like really rolling and popping i was you know i was jumping up and slapping high fives as i'm also known to do and there was only one laker fan that i had to avoid <laughs> interesting yeah every, everyone else was like nuggets fans and they were like really engaged into it it was great so you're at every game. Do you know everybody in your section? Is it that type of deal where there's a bunch of people with season tickets in your section and, you know, you walk up the aisle, you're saying hi to everybody. Oh, good to see you again. Oh, you made it out. <laughs> like yeah. Cheers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Does that everyone know is, my is name? That, <laughs> is that how it is in your section or no? So uh, my section is like one of those weird sections in the third row that's just one row of seats and then there's – uh, concrete behind me and then okay. nothing in front of me. So I don't pass anybody. It's the most glorious thing that there is. I, I just go straight to my seat and my seat's on the aisle. So like I just man spread out like in every direction. And then so but the guy next to me, this is really funny, actually. I, like, I was on the pod a couple days with Adam and I was telling him about how the guy in my section told me he was going to sell his tickets. And then he texted me. He's like, oh, man, thanks for not calling my name out. And I'm not going to call it out again because he had sold his tickets. Oh, um, man. So, 
Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so there is, yeah, like we do, you know, I do have like a little bit of like chatter back and forth. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Uh, so who is your least favorite Los Angeles Laker? Is this even a question? Is this a question? Is this, this is, it is Kyle Kuzma. It is absolutely Kyle Kuzma. He is... Like he comes out with his stupid haircut, like or it's not even the cut, the color, his platinum blonde. Like he comes, he like peacocks out onto the court always. He has like the most undue sense of like self-satisfaction that you can possibly have. Like he's just coasting on the, he's on a team with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And, you know, like he comes to the uh, arena with his new drip and his fits, whatever. <laughs> I hate this dude, man. Like <laughs> he sucks. He's terrible. And he's like, he just uh, acts as if, and it drives me nuts. So yeah, it's absolutely Kyle Kuzma. I don't really have like bad feelings towards many of the other Lakers. Like I, Caruso, I get mad at, but again, that's ESPN's fault. That's not his. <laughs> yeah. That's like a bleach report dream. Just an Alex Caruso game. <laughs> uh but no kuzma like makes kuzma makes himself really easy to hate like he brings it on i feel like so hateable it's like so disgusting who who is your favorite laker if you had to choose one my favorite laker what kind of question is this i don't know you have to choose one what does that even mean for what for what purpose are we hanging out or like are we on a team together are we starting a small business what are we doing with this my favorite laker um, he's going to become your best friend. Like we're going to hang out. All right. Well, yeah. then you got to go. Uh, that's, it has to be LeBron James. I mean, that man has the most, I want to make, uh, I want to be in space jam three, you know, like <laughs> Kyle Kuzma's not getting me, me that kind of access. And Caruso is probably cool, but listen, I mean, he's not opening any doors for me. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. Um, so, you know, th- this was a great game. Like this was one of the best regular season games I've seen in, you know, my several years covering the team, super back and forth. There were some pretty good stakes at, uh, on this game, high intensity, like Jokic balled out. Jamal Murray had a good game. LeBron, Anthony Davis all had good games. Do you, th- does how Denver competed in this game? Because I thought kind of my main takeaway was, yeah, the Lakers won, but the Nuggets took them to overtime without a couple of their key guys, Will Barton, MPJ, who were, I think going to be fixtures in the playoff rotation. Mason Plumley as well, who might have helped some in this game, particularly with the Laker bigs. Does how Denver competed and the fact they pushed L.A. to overtime without those guys, does that make you feel more confident if these two teams were to go up against each other in a playoff series? Oh, without question. I mean, without question, the first time we played the Lakers and they just kind of pushed us around and ended up winning by like 10 points, but it was actually like not that close. And the second time we played the Lakers, LeBron was out. So you sort of had to throw the, the any analysis out the window. Mm-hmm. Um, but like now this version of the Nuggets has been like hard tempered. They've already been through some fire. And they're just getting stronger and stronger. They just went through that that like unbelievable gauntlet of games um, where they were shorthanded, which this seems to be a theme every year. Like maybe it's good that our players always get hurt because it just makes other players have to step up and like get stronger from it. Um, but, you know, like we just came through like this this te- this test of fire and we emerged and we came out and we 
gave the Lakers absolutely everything they could handle and more. Like the, the Nuggets should have won that game, rightly. I, I really think that. I mean, there were some questionable things that happened, and it's not even really worth getting into. But just as far as if I were to be a casual observer and, and watch the two sides compete, like the Nuggets to me look better for more for longer periods of the night and. Like at the perch, I don't know if you remember me screaming at everybody. Probably you do. It's probably it's hard to avoid. <laughs> but I was just saying, like, I was like, man, I saw some quit in these Lakers in that first that first half. I mean, obviously they rebounded and um, didn't quit in the end. But I just saw I saw the Lakers sort of like <clears throat> feel the Nuggets uh, in a re- in a really weird like real way that they weren't necessarily anticipating, and they were like. Had they were like, oh man, like we got to dig d- deep into the well to to pull this one out, and you know, like you said, that the Nuggets were shorthanded in in a meaningful way. Yeah, I, I felt like the Lakers respected the Nuggets, and the Nuggets obviously respected the Lakers. But you know, based on how Denver competed, based on the talent the Nuggets have, I felt like they gained some respect from uh, LeBron James's bunch. So I felt like there was some definite mutual respect going on. Yeah, yeah, and LeBron, LeBron and AD had games. Like, they had good – they both were, like, in the 30s with scoring. And so that's, like, what it kind of looks like when those two guys are clicking. Mm-hmm. And it didn't seem like anything that the Nuggets couldn't handle or counter. So, I mean, you know, I mean, obviously I don't want to play that team in the in the playoffs because you just – like, LeBron James in the playoffs is LeBron James in the playoffs. Like, we don't – I don't know what that looks like now with this, like him at this age, but I, I certainly don't want to see it. But I'm not, I'm not fearful of it in the way that I would have been maybe leading leading up to this game. Yeah, I totally agree. So, D-Line, have you ever used the uh, Breckenridge Brewery beer locator on Breckbrew.com? Uh, just for giggles. I mean, I obviously know where to get Breck Brew. There's liquor stores literally everywhere all over Colorado that stock the stuff. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you are an experienced Breck Brew consumer. <laughs> uh, I'd but, like to think uh, so. <laughs> but for any of our listeners who aren't, you can go on to breckbrew.com backslash beer locator or just like Google search Breckenridge Brewery Beer Locator. Literally type in you know, your zip code, where you are, what kind of Breck beer you're looking for. And we'll actually filter out results based on how close you are to a bar, uh, to a restaurant, to a supermarket where they stock Breck beer. You pretty much just get a list of where you can find that type of beer. It's like an amazing feature. If you have a favorite Breck beer, that's probably the best way to locate it. And uh, yeah, make sure to check that out. Breckbrew.com backslash beer locator. And it has all your favorites, Strawberry Sky. Colorado Core, the Hot Peak IPA. Make sure to check that out. Not the Hot Pink IPA. I, I, I knew that. Although laugh. I heard yeah, that. No, I mean, if, it, although if they did have the Hot Pink uh, IPA, you could locate it with that beer locator. Oh, it would be on the beer locator. For sure. <laughs> I'm gonna try and locate it anyway. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not convinced it's not an offering. Yeah, it could be out there somewhere. Um, Also, if you guys are following along on the DNVR Sports Instagram, a bunch of us, not me or D-Line, but a bunch of us were apparently at Bojo's today (laughs) trying out some uh, delicious mountain pies. Yeah, we didn't get the invite. Don't know what was up with that. Unbelievable. Maybe they knew that this – I mean at a certain point, like 
they understand that a pod like this has to happen. You know, they right. don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to disrupt. Man, what a what a bunch of BS. I didn't even I wasn't even aware of this. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't aware until I checked the DNV Sports Instagram, which I follow. Wow. Uh, but yeah, if you mention DNVR at Bojo's, you can get a free honey cheese bread with a purchase of an entree. Do that at all six Colorado locations. They've got a great salad bar, gluten free, cheeseless pizza, and plant based options too. Again, mention DNVR and get a free honey cheese bread with a purchase of an entree. Yeah, like as in DNVR went to Bojo's and didn't invite us. Right. Like <laughs> you could they're say, eating. Like you could say that. <laughs> yeah. And get a free that, honey cheese bread. <laughs> yeah. I can guarantee you they're all devouring honey cheese bread right now. Oh, unbelievable. I'm, now my blood is boiling. <laughs> all right. Welcome back to the DNVR Nuggets podcast presented by Illegal Pete's. Harrison Wind, Eric Weedham here. You know him better as D-Line Co. Are you the <laughs> best Colorado sports fan ever? Are you the oh, number one I Denver mean, sports fan? This, I'm, not, I'm, the, I'm not one for hyperbole. <laughs> Just take the title. Love, Just take it while it's I, here. Yo, no, but my favorite thing, I, I actually, I'm only for hyperbole. Like, I, My favorite thing to do online or just when I'm watching a game with somebody is, is if you're watching a football game and the quarterback makes like two consecutive throws you're like greatest quarterback that ever played in the national football league so yes <laughs> by those standards i am the greatest fan that's ever been or ever will be <laughs> love it love it so i want to talk a little all-star weekend with you because we've uh, got the all-star weekend coming up our guy Nikola Jokic in the all-star game uh first though i got to get to a couple dnvr member questions here like we do on every show. If you guys have questions for the pod, go to thednvr.com if you're a member. Comment in the comment session. That's only open to subscribers. And leave a question from this pod. Leave a question from that Lakers game. We'll get to it on Monday's show. Uh, this one comes from Matthias. So in reference to Brendan's comment about Jokic maybe feeling more responsible after losses than we initially thought, could the reality be that the reason for that is he has actually accepted his role as a leader of the team his comments post game seem to reflect that feeling of responsibility. So Jokic pretty much took the blame for this loss to the Lakers, saying, "You know, I made a bunch of bad decisions down the stretch. Every decision I made was wrong. I was being a little too hesitant." He even pretty much said, "And yeah, I mean, I think that's a definite sign of him taking more of a leadership role." What do you think? <laughs> I think it's Groundhog Day with the Nuggets and with Nikola Jokic every year. We, we went through the same questions last year. We're like, is he going to step up and be a leader? He's the number one guy. Doesn't he know? And then as the season goes on, he just does, he just always rises up, takes that. It's just like how seriously he wants to be engaged in the game. But, dude, once Jokic gets rolling, it's like everyone just falls in line every single time. Um, and he is right. He messed, He Jokic made like – six like serious mistakes down the down the stretch yeah and, and then in um game seven in the portland series Jokic takes the blame for losing the entire series yeah so maybe yeah. that's what maybe that's what sent him into his deep depression that lingered on into the start of this year <laughs> yeah. so maybe he should stop taking uh <laughs> taking blame for it and just stop just start blaming uh tory craig or something like adam would do <laughs> 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 yeah, but I definitely think it's a sign of him growing as a leader of the team. And then WP Nuggs asks, 
what player currently out with injury would have helped us the most against the Lakers last night? I gotta think Will Barton. Or maybe MPJ. That's a tough one. I think it's got to be M. Pizzle Jizzle. I think it's got to be the man that um, can ignite the bench, right? Like, I mean, the bench was good, though. The bench was good, though. I know. But they were good, but they could you're right. You're absolutely right. But they were they were they were kind of rough in their second stretch. That's when um Le- LeBron started to really take it to Noah Vonley. Um so yeah, I, I don't know. The funny thing is the Nuggets didn't have a problem scoring. They scored 114 points, you know. Except at place. the end of the game. Right. That's the only that time rough. they had a problem scoring. Overtime, just five points in overtime. Uh, they scored on two of eight possessions, I think, or nine possessions. The La- oh man, the Lakers clamped them down so hard at the end; it was so hard to watch. Yeah, um, they couldn't even get a shot up like the last three or four possessions. It was ridiculous. So, yeah, I, I got to think having well, I guess either one of those guys, right? Yeah, I, I don't even know that MPJ would have been out on the floor during that time. So maybe you're True. right. Maybe it's Barton. True, I'll go Barton. MPJ close second. So All Star Weekend. Uh, this weekend, are you a big all-star weekend guy? Like, do you think it's overrated, underrated, just right? Are you going to be watching anything that has to do with all-star weekend? No, never. No, I never watch any all-star game of any sport. Like, I I mean, I like them all right, but at a certain point I just like have better things to do with my life. (laughs) You know, like I, I love, um, like for me, the sports is always about the long storyline. Like I, I never, I never get into sports as just pure spectacle when there's like no real larger meaning involved, and so the All Star Game definitely uh, falls into that category. I just like knowing that Jokic is an All Star, and I just wish he didn't have to actually play a game. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like for me, the All Star stuff, I get excited for it, but it's always a letdown because like I, I'm someone who just loves watching greatness, and yeah. I love just all that talent on the floor together at the same time. That's really why I'm in it. But it's always kind of a letdown in the long run. So, I mean, I get excited for it. it. Yeah, I I like the idea of it. And then usually it's kind of like a letdown. Um, Did you know there is a celebrity game? Did you know that's a thing that happens? Uh, oh, yeah, because Kevin Hart apparently is really good at basketball. <laughs> and you always hear about his uh, exploits in the game. <laughs> the thing is, he's not good at basketball. He just, like, <laughs> takes over the game. He, like, goes into Kobe mode and just jacks up shots for the whole game. It pretty much forces who's ever deciding on the MVP to give him the MVP. That's how it usually yeah, happens. And then- yeah, it's, it's always I, – I don't really want to see um, Kevin Hart ding up Justin Bieber particularly. So uh, it's going to be a pa- – like, th- that's one of those things that you like the idea of it. Like I want to see one clip that comes from that game, but you could not pay me any amount of money to like sit and watch that guy, <laughs> that thing. Yeah, well, apparently Quavo, um, the rapper, <laughs> is a two-to-one favorite for the All-Star Celebrity really? Game MVP. Who is is Jay Cole in it? Who's playing in this All Star MVP? Um, Common is playing okay. in it. Chance he's, he's way Chance, too old. Chance the rapper. Okay. Uh, let me see if there's any other musical artists in this. Bad Bunny. Oh wow! Well, well don't I mean I want to hear everybody, not just the musical artists. Who are these celebs? Uh, we've got Mark Lazary, who's the owner of the Milwaukee Bucks. Okay, that's not a celebrity. Kick him out. <laughs> Just a really rich guy. 
Yeah, beat it. That's not a celeb. <laughs> you can't decide you're a celeb. Hannibal Burris. Okay, it counts. I'm sure he's terrible. Ronnie 2K, who's like the athlete partner from like the game NBA 2K. Um, wow, that's Chef embarrassing. Jose Andres, famous what? Los, who's like a comedian. These are outside of the rappers. These are all like very C and D list celebrities. Yeah, wouldn't it be awesome if they if it was just like and Al Pacino or something like some like ultra A list player that's uh, going up against Common? <laughs> like there is somebody named Kane Brown who apparently has a number one song. Yeah, you're just get, you're getting okay boomered right off the <laughs> that I've never heard of. Who's a ten to one favorite for the MVP? <laughs> well, I like him. It's going to be great. I'm sure that I, that's where I'd put my money on Kane Brown, <laughs> who I also just learned existed. Uh, do you know who LaRoyce Hawkins is? Because I don't. LaRoyce Hawkins. Yeah. No, I thought you were going to say Latroy Hawkins, <laughs> former. Colorado Rockies. Closer. If he was in the celebrity game, I might watch. Oh, absolutely! That'd be the greatest uh, celebrity crossover game of all time. Uh, no, Leroy Hawkins is apparently on Chicago PD, and he is a five to one favorite for the MVP. So maybe a basketball wow. background. Well, listen, I'm glad I know so much about this game that there's no chance in hell I will watch. <laughs> and then uh, I'm just kind of scrolling this. MVP odds list. There are a couple like ex NBA players and actually current WNBA players sprinkled into this thing. What but... into the All Star? Into the celebrity game? Yeah, into the celebrity game. They Do put you... WNBA players into the celebrity game. Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> what? That is crazy. What is the message there? Wow. Let's not del- let's not delve into that at all. <laughs> Asia it's Wilson right though up. is a thirty three to one favorite. Chelsea Gray is in this game. So the two ex NBA guys that I see, Quentin Richardson, twenty eight to one for MVP. So these are ex NBAers that are not good for the big, good enough to be in the big three. (laughs) Yes, that's a good way to put it. That's a good way to put it. Also, Darius Miles is in this game as well. Well, so all right, All Star game. What what is your favorite event at the All Star game? Because I mean, there's like some fun events, some fun moments. Yeah, like the skills challenge is is fun for the first kind of the the first kind of set, and then that's it. Yeah. Like the yeah. first little, little run through, and then you're like, all right, I saw it, I'm done. Yep. <laughs> um, the three point contest takes too long, I think. <laughs> Although you know, I'm like kind of a basketball purist in some senses, so I like the three point contest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the dunk contest is my favorite, but. I mean, I just feel like this year, unless Derek Jones Jr. can really, like, put together something special, we're in for just a big disappointment. You think so? I mean, Dwight Howard, Pat Connaughton, not really expecting much out of those two. Pat Connington? For real? <laughs> yeah. He's not in the celebrity game? <laughs> He's in the dunk contest? Yeah, Pat Connaughton. And Eric right. Gordon could pull up some stuff. He's had some great dunk contests oh, before. He's had the best dunks of all time. Eric yeah, Gordon, potentially. Him. So him and Derek Jones Jr. I'm holding out some hope for, um, but not expecting much from Dwight or Pat Connaughton. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, the, 
it is. I think it's the, the three point contest because that's the the dunk contest. If you if, if it was just delivered to you in the small clips of like the three or four like really successful dunks, it would be amazing. But it's in like as it's happening. I don't know. It's like it doesn't ever get me like that excited. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like always sort of after the fact that it's like way better than when you were watching it, <laughs> when you like, it's always like when you see the, um, the dunk in slow-mo and you like really break it down. Cause sometimes like the really intricate stuff happens and you don't even like see it in real time. And then it's like right. later on, you're like, Oh wow, that was behind his head. That's crazy. <laughs> so, right. but I'm always sure whether or not they made the three point ball, but the money ball, I'm always positive about that. So you, that, that, that's, that is unfortunately the correct answer is uh, the three point contest is the best. Uh, have you seen who's judging the dunk contest this year? Um, our <laughs> first off, no, no, I've not. Um, let me get. Can I guess? Who would you like to see? Yeah, guess and who would you like to see judging the dunk contest? Well, like how big of a how big of a role are the judges playing? Like, do I want the judges themselves to be entertaining, or do I want them to be uh, like really um, with full of good judgment? You know. That's what I'm weighing here. That's what I'm trying yeah. to say. I feel like you want judges of good judgment because they really have very <laughs> small roles in this thing. Otherwise, like you only see them when they're holding up a number, yeah. right? But wouldn't it? But wouldn't it? Like, don't you almost want, um, like, I don't know, Kevin Hart, for example, to like just grab any number and like jump up and scream, like when somebody and like jump over the <laughs> table and like he himself is entertaining. But he yeah, but really he's just gonna score. make it all about him. Like he makes the celebrity <laughs> well, game. Well, that's every what I'm year. saying. That's what I'm saying. Like, do you value the judges making it all about them, which they have a tendency to do? I mean, it, it's up to you. The, <laughs> the the dunk contest is your oyster. <laughs> all right, so I guess I'm gonna. I want to go like. Um, I mean, I think I would probably go he- more heavy on like actual judges, right? People who are who are contemplative. They'll wait. They'll watch the dunk happen. They'll confer. They'll come back with a consensus answer. P- Judge Judy, people like that. <laughs> Judge uh, Judge Mathis. <laughs> Actual judges. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Judge Wapner. If, uh, I don't know if he's still with us, but I'd love to see it. <laughs> but the actual judges, Dwayne Wade, Scottie Pippen, Candace Parker, Common, who has a huge role in All Star Week. Common is all about that. Common, might, I, I wonder, I bet he like recorded like the official three or uh all-star song or something no you, you know, know what, what I mean? it is the all-star games in chicago all these are chicago ah, guys wade yeah, he, common scotty pippen i don't think is from chicago is he no but he's but from, he's, he's a but he's a bull he's a um bull. yeah candace parker and chad chadwick bozeman is also a judge really the the black panther chadwick bozeman mm-hmm. and then um for the, your three-point contest i'm not sure if you knew this but uh, there's a new three-point zone. Like, they have what? the right – okay, sorry, bear with me. There's, like, the regular racks that we always have, and then there's an additional two shots this year in what they're calling the Mountain Dew Zone. Two locations positioned equidistant between the traditional racks at the top of the three-point arc and the adjacent wing, ac- wing rack – each of the two ball pedestals in the Mountain Dew Zone is located <laughs> six feet behind the three point line, 
and holds one special green ball, the three ball. Shots made with the green ball are worth three points. So I think it's like an extra <laughs> ultra money ball. So, okay, hold on. There's, there's a lot to digest here. First off, I only followed at maximum half of that. <laughs> but I did get to the part where the, there's a, a glowing green ball that is the Mountain Dew ball. So are you, is that like part of the route that you have to take when you're going around the, the top of the arc? Yeah, or is this, like so a, a, is this optional? I think it's part of the required route. I'm looking at the diagram right now. <laughs> so you start, or I think you can start wherever you want, at least last year, but there's two racks in the corner like normal. Yep. Two racks on the wings, like normal. Sure. One sure. rack straight on. And then in between uh, the racks on the wing and the top of the key, there are two green illuminated balls. And apparently those are worth three points each. So, and, and they're further back, right? Like they're yeah, like they're logo six feet stuff. off of the three point okay. one. So they're further back. Okay. Well, listen, you know, I'm all for <laughs> gussing up the three-point contest. I thought it was much too boring before. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's, that's what I was saying before. The three-point contest kind of just, like, lags and goes on for a while. Do you, if, I, if I said MTV Rock and Jock, would that mean anything to you? Rock and Jock Robots? The, rock, the, the MTV Rock and Jock Challenge. Did you is, – is that predate you too much? Yeah, I think so. MTV Rock and Jock Challenge was, like <laughs> – Back when MTV um, was just like way more low budget, um, they had all these like celebrity pro am like weird game shows where they would like play softball and basketball, and it, it's like the celebrity game, but like they had all these crazy rules that <laughs> happened in the in the MTV Rock and Jock Basketball Challenge. Like at a certain point, like a twenty five point rim would lower from the ceiling and it was like it was like 20 feet high instead of 10 feet high wow that's what i want to see i want to see dan cortez come back and host the mtv rock and jock challenge 2020 featuring the 25 point basket i miss it wow i just want to see a one-on-one tournament that's all i want to see (laughs) yo that would actually be the bet like i i would love it's been like uh proposed to like where they would play horse or one they they had horse they used to have horse like five years ago. That's right. But it was like in the pre-show. It was like not part of the actual It was show. like more boring than the celebrity game. <laughs> <laughs> they somehow introduced it and it immediately was the worst event. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> well, okay, fine. Um, wouldn't it, you know what they should do? They should have like the, um, the East or the West take on the Harlem Globetrotters. Yeah. (laughs) Nobody would ever agree to that because they would just get clowned (laughs) so hard by the Harlem Globetrotters. Wouldn't that be amazing? I I always want to see what the Globetrotters could do, like against actual NBA or just basketball players, or if they could only take on the, they can only punch down and take out the Washington Generals. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I want to touch on the All Star game real quick in a second. The, The one event we didn't talk about is the Rising Stars Challenge, which is another one that you get super excited for, and then you realize. There's absolutely no defense in this game, (laughs) and I think last year it was pretty much just like Ben Simmons getting a rebound, dribbling the entire length of the court, (laughs) and just dunking for the entire game. Yeah, everybody else was just jacking up threes, and Ben Simmons was still just ri- taking it straight to the rack. <laughs> um, yep. Do you remember how Kenneth Fareed was the Rising Stars MVP? He scored like 50 points or something and like went off. Yeah. Tells you everything you need to know about the Rising Stars Challenge. It's so bad. I think bad. Moutier like went off too during that 
like his uh he was the point guard for the world and like totally went off mm-hmm. um i know everyone was like so mad about mpj again it's just like the the idea of him being included but the game itself like i'm 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 good i'll just take a little yeah. time to myself this weekend <laughs> yeah so coming off of that Laker game, I don't know about you from a fan perspective, but I was hurting this morning. Like I feel a little under the weather. Um, oh. I feel like maybe a little cold coming on. That game took a lot out of me. I need the all-star week uh, badly, but I also really needed some Strava craft coffee this morning. That's right. To really kickstart <laughs> my day. Uh, you guys know Strava craft coffee, the CBD infused coffee. Purchase in K-Cups for your Keurig, whole bean, or ground. If you purchase online for 20% off, you guys can get using the code DNVR20. Remember, purchase online for 20% off using the code DNVR20. CBD has been known to help long-term migraines, decreasing anxiety, arthritis, IBS, etc. CBD is non-psychoactive. It's awesome stuff. Purchase online for 20% off using the code DNVR20. Yeah, yeah. That stuff's great. It's like uh, it relaxes you and energizes you in equal parts. So you're just sort of in a good place, you know? Perfect, perfect. (laughs) All right, so back here on the DNVR Nuggets podcast presented by Illegal Pete's, the All-Star game. Nicole Jokic in his second All-Star game. Uh, My first question to you, he played 13 minutes last year on – Team Giannis and Team Giannis last year was stocked with big men. Giannis and Bede, Dirk, uh, Blake Griffin, Nikola Vucevic. I was looking back at the box score last year. He's got to play more than 13 minutes in this year's game, right? There's less big men on Team LeBron. It's his second year. He's a little more established. You're, you're shaking your head. You don't think he's going to be playing more? No, he's absolutely not going to be playing more. He wasn't he picked like. 40 he was basically picked essentially 41st of the all-star draft also <laughs> like oh, he I felt deep he felt deep into the second round like they didn't pick him right away at all well it, it took, i mean took if, him a while if Giannis was like capable of doing a good draft like I, I think Giannis would be a terrible gm based on how he's drafted these last two teams unbelievable but, but i mean if Giannis knew the, what he's doing Jokic would have gone a lot sooner yeah but like who's controlling these rotations uh, well, it will be Frank Vogel, who just went up against Jokic last night. Do you know that we played the Lakers last night and I didn't once think about who their coach was? <laughs> like, well, I don't think I yeah. looked at Frank Vogel the entire night. He's very um, not like pertinent to their overall success, you know? No, I would say that he probably is going to play the same role on the Lakers that he's going to play on the All-Star game. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I imagine LeBron will be just dictating who's coming in and out anyway. So, yeah, no, Jokic is going to do the same thing he did last year, which is he gets in, he makes a funny play, throws the ball off somebody. He's going to do some behind-the-back trickery. It may or may not work, and then he's going to sit down, and that's the end of it. (laughs) Yeah. And then, man, like, you're really just, kill, is killing just my hopes off. here. Killing my hopes. What do you want from me, man? I got to shoot you straight. Like, I got to keep it real with not only you, I got to keep it real with myself. You know, I just, uh, <laughs> I don't like the All-Star game. I don't know what to say about it. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. That's why I got you on here. Uh, the, the last, the last <laughs> yeah. thing I got, the last thing I wanted to hit here on All-Star weekend, one of the craziest storylines come out of Jokic's experience at All-Star weekend last year was that he apparently became best buds with Russell Westbrook, a guy who right. like tried to fight him on the court uh, like a year earlier. Right. 
uh, in a Thunder Nuggets matchup. And so my question for you, who is Jokic likely and most likely to strike up a friendship with this time around? And anybody that's going to be at the All-Star game on Team LeBron or Team Giannis, think Jokic is going to become friends with okay. you know, anybody right uh, this weekend that All he's right. not friends with already? That he's not currently friends with. So so I guess that – is he currently friends with Luca? Yes. He currently does have a relationship okay. with Luca, I believe. Okay. So Luca is out. I would have guessed Luca. Okay. So uh, – but you're looking for like more of like a, an, an odd couple here, right? Like, I'm, I'm looking for another like Westbrook-Jokic relationship, yeah. That's yeah okay. So the, what's the what's the highest probability for an odd couple relationship boiling coming to the surface between Jokic and one other All Star? So I gotta think it's gotta be it's gonna be somebody that's fun loving, that likes uh, Jokic's carefree attitude and also respects his skills on the court. So taking that all into consideration, um, maybe Chris Paul, <laughs> like. You know, Chris Paul seems to like to hang out with his insurance agents all the time, so maybe he's looking for like more friends in life. So I had Chris Paul number two on my uh, power rankings. Of oh, you have, likely a, pow- to be you have a power rankings. Yeah, I had Paul number two, <laughs> and the reason I have him number two is maybe he's buttering Jokic up for a potential first-round playoff matchup. Ah. Uh... Oh, interesting. So you think that uh, Chris Paul is never able to put down his piece in the game of 4D chess he's always playing? No, Chris Paul's like one of the most competitive guys in the league. And he's, I, he's, I don't think he's, he's going to drop his yeah. guard for the All-Star game. So that's your number two. So let me try and guess who your number one is. Is it Jimmy Butler? No, but Jimmy Butler is number four. And the reason I, I have a number he... four <laughs> – I've got a top five. And uh, the reason he's my number four is just because I think maybe he's been watching Jokic all season and he's like, damn, this dude is a badass. This dude is an ultra competitor just like me. I'm going to buddy up to him. Yes, and, but Andy, he, he's got like kind of a goofy personality, which can like quickly turn and become like psychotic and, and angry. But you know, he's like he's kind of a goofball that Jimmy Butler. <laughs> so okay, okay, so I gotta guess. So that so that I've guessed your 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 second and your fourth. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so number one, um, number one. What about Trey Young? Did not make my list. Did not make the list. Unbelievable. No. Unbelievable. What about um, Sabonis? Does that count? They seem like they're already friends. Yeah, I didn't know if they were, but I yeah, I just did not include Sabonis on this list. Unbelievable. All right, Ben Simmons. No. Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> I clearly have no insight into how you're picking this list. You're just going to have to tell me. So number one, I'll, I'll save number one. Um, five. <laughs> I've got Giannis at five. Yeah, and, I, I feel um, like they can't be friends after he keeps shunning him and won't draft him. He drafted him last year. Oh, well, then they're probably already friends, so he has to be stricken from the list. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but, um, you know, maybe the Nuggets put a little birdie in Jokic's ear. Hey, this guy's going to be a free agent in a couple years. You should buddy up to him. And then Jokic, like, does that for maybe one <laughs> press event. And then it's like, nah, this is stupid. I'm not going to hang out with this guy anymore. 
you know what I'm realizing here? Like the difference between our lists is that you're valuing strategic positioning gained by forging a fake friendship as the measure <laughs> that Nikola Jokic would use to become friends with somebody. And I am basing it on who a true friendship could bubble up and that they could hang out. They might have similar life views. Uh, not everything has to be uh, – com- you can turn it off a little bit, Harrison. But these people could be actual friends. <laughs> so number three on my power <laughs> ranking is Brandon Ingram. and Brandon Ingram? So he's number three because he's probably the least popular all-star this year. And yeah. Jokic just might like take a liking to him as another no, quiet no, guy listen, off the court. Nick. Brandon Ingram has absolutely no personality. Do you think that uh, Nikola Jokic is interested in a guy that just like <laughs> just won't say anything? It's just sort of like hanging out in the corner. That's not no. That Jokic is front and center. He's a front and center kind of guy. But it's like I don't know. I don't know if it is because I feel like the All Star game's kind of clicky, and you know it's like one of those <laughs> things in gym class when the teachers like, all right, everybody find a partner. And then the two people without a partner are like, shit, oh, we got to be partners. No. Maybe that's going to be Brandon Ingram and Nikola Jokic. No, listen, what a, what a sad little picture you've just painted. You're telling me that nobody likes Nikola Jokic? No, everybody game? does. But, like, you got LeBron and CP3. You yeah, got but they can only... Giannis and Chris Middleton. <laughs> you got Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. But we're not. That's not actually happening. They're not actually pairing off and hanging out just two by two. Like Nikola Jokic could be friends with number any number of these people. I feel like they would accept him into their arms, like as we have, because he's just a, a delightful human being. Okay. Anyways, number one <laughs> on my power rankings is LeBron. Oh. And I think they could strike up a friendship because they're just basketball geniuses. So wow! So you went that you think the two captains would be uh, good friends with Nikola Jokic? It again, though none of them drafted him until like way late into the second round. So how how much do they like him? I don't know. I I don't like any of your choices if I'm being honest. <laughs> real recognize real, and LeBron <laughs> I think deep down knows that Jokic is one of the guys in this league that sees the game. Maybe LeBron doesn't think Jokic sees the game on his level, but I got to think he thinks Jokic sees it on a level that's as maybe close to his as anybody else in the league. Oh, for sure. For sure. Uh, Definitely. So that's my reasoning there. (laughs) Give give, give me one guy that, that you think Jokic is likely to strike up a friendship with. Well, I gave you like three guys. Like I, I gave you Jimmy Butler. I gave you Chris Paul. I gave you Trey. Like Trey Young. Yeah. Why, like, why wouldn't do you that think be Trey awesome Young? if they why were friends? Th- why do you think Trey Young though? I think I just want that to happen. Don't you think it'd be amazing if uh, uh, Nikola Jokic was just palling around with like five foot two Trey Young? <laughs> uh, just, I mean, I think it'd be all right. <laughs> What are you talking about? It would be amazing. <laughs> those guys are like total opposites, though. Yo- Yo- Trey you know Young is like you know the ultra millennial. Jokic is just not. Oh, but but you know what opposites do, Harrison? <laughs> they, attract. They, do? they attract. They attract. They and attract. That, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, why were, are Russell Westbrook and he friends? That makes no sense. It's just sometimes things are undeniable. 
Yeah. We'll see. Uh, we'll see. Well, I think we spent too much time on the All-Star game for something that I would agree. you won't be watching and uh, <laughs> something that I'll be watching but will be disappointed by in the end. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's called a quality product. Yep. <laughs> Alright, well, I think that's all the time we got for today, guys. Thanks for listening. Remember, send in your questions, thednvr.com if you're a subscriber. Leave your questions there. We'll be back with a new episode on Monday. Talk to you then. I've told you guys on this podcast before how much getting an electric toothbrush has absolutely changed my life. Just the convenience, the quality. There's no comparison to using a manual toothbrush. And our friends at Green Mountain Dental Group, they're actually going to hook you up with a free Sonicare toothbrush if you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam. That's all you got to do. Schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam. They're going to give you guys a free Sonicare toothbrush. First off, the Sonicare is a great brand. It's a great brand of electric toothbrush. It lasts long. It's effective. Green Mountain Dental Group would not be giving it to you guys if it wasn't super high quality. Uh, They are a longtime DNVR partner. They show us love, so show them some love just 15 minutes from downtown Denver. Remember, get a cleaning x-ray and exam at Green Mountain Dental Group, and they will give you a free Sonicare toothbrush.